just because you've been struggling for so many years doesn't mean that you have to keep struggling. Your past is not going to be your future unless you let it. Um, you can rewrite a new story. You are not the character in your story. You are a storyteller. You are the author. And um, you can absolutely, absolutely create change. Hey, midlifers. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. No matter if you just got served with divorce papers, got fired from your job, or ran out of gas in the pouring rain, bad days are bound to happen. They happen to all of us. The key is to not let bad days turn into bad weeks, bad months, and a bad chapter in life. Too many crappy days can lead to depression, anxiety, lack of sleep, poor behaviors, and one big funky funk. That's why I created the eight happiness hacks, a free download to help you overcome a bad day quickly and get you back to rocking your midlife. Please go to windyvalentine.com forward slash happiness to receive your free download and start applying these simple yet effective methods to bring happy days your way. Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. I'm Wendy Valentine, and this is the week where we celebrate my personal holiday, Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Valentine's Day is known as the celebration of romance and love. When we think of this type of adoration on Valentine's Day, it's more about the love we give and receive for others, which is great. But for today's episode, I want you to think more about the love you give and receive for you, number one, you. Furthermore, I want you to also think about the effect on your body, mind, and spirit when you do not love and take care of yourself. Today, we have the perfect guest to help you love, honor, and celebrate Y-O-U. During this episode, you will learn the three layers of self-sabotage, why we self-sabotage, and how to break the frustrating cycle. It is so frustrating. There's a lot wrapped up in that, but we're going to break it down. Today's guest is Tanya Shaw, a functional health coach, kinesiologist, and weight loss coach for women who want to end the struggle with food so they can get to their happy, healthy weight without, this is key, the obsession and feel free in their body and in life. Through functional lab testing, personalized wellness protocols, and mindset coaching, Tanya helps her clients live fitter, healthier, and more vibrant lives in midlife and beyond. She is also the owner of Ascend Fitness and Lifestyle, a holistic health coaching studio in Chilliwack, 
British Columbia, and host of the Fit and Vibrant You podcast. Tanya, her husband, Keith, and their son, Jacob, live in Canada. She loves running, hiking, paddleboarding, cycling, and camping. Me too. She also loves a slow morning with a good cup of mostly decaf coffee and her three adopted kitty cats. Please welcome Tanya to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wendy. <laughs> Isn't it nice to like, hear your own bio read? Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. I was just Is thinking about my, morning, my morning cup of coffee this morning. I know, right? Tell. I could tell like, oh, that's me. My my mornings are so slow, but that's that's how I operate. So so take us back a little bit. I want to learn a little bit more about how you got to teach what you're teaching right now. Yeah, we often teach what we needed ourselves at some point, right? Yeah. That's how we get into it. So I always was into fitness, like even as... I was never fast, but I did cross country in grade three. I was like one of the last people to finish the cross, like cross the finish line. And I just kept going because I loved how it made me feel. I love how creative I felt. I loved how just good I felt after going for a run and stuff. And I did that all through my teenage years. I trained for sports and everything. And I was also into like the chemistry and the math and sciences and stuff. So I found kinesiology, uh, which could combine all the two. And I really <clears throat> fell in love with human movement and really how it makes you feel. But after my uh, kindergarten, I started working as a personal trainer. And I actually did my very first diet then as well. It was when my kind of the people in the community was doing this, like, I won't say the name, but it was like a seven day or a nine day kind of cleanse, right? Uh-huh. And I yeah. lost like I think seven or nine pounds in the wow. in the in the week. Yeah. And I felt great. Like I felt uh, my clothes like were like super loose. It was mm-hmm. fun to go shopping. I had all this energy. Um, and for a lot of people, when they do their first diet, they lose weight, as most people do, and they again go through the spiral of like the on again, off again, on again, off again. And I did just the opposite. I got so obsessive. It was my like sole purpose in life to get to a smaller size. I weighed myself multiple times a day. I judged myself based on my weight. I even used the number on the scale to like determine whether or not I was worthy of having sex that day. Like just, it was just Yeah, or having a good day or a bad day. Yeah. Exactly. It was Mm -hmm. not a good place to be. And at the same time, I started my own personal training business. And here I was in this disordered pattern and coaching other people to lose weight and get healthier and everything. And I would just, in personal training, it's so personal. And you realize that most people struggle is like the answer wasn't just like you know, more intense strength training workouts or hit workouts or more cardio or, you know, low carbs. I mean, they would get results for a while. They would do well, but then they would kind of just revert back to their old patterns. Mm-hmm. And it was in 2014, 15, where I just really had to turn the mirror back myself and realize like what I was doing was no longer working and wasn't serving me. And I remember um, just having this wave of fear that I would get to the end of my life and I would regret like not fully living my life because mm-hmm. I was caught up with the scale or my weight or all these kind of things. And, you know, for me, like it was like the opposite of a lot of my clients, what they, what they go through, but the, like, it's like the, the symptoms, it's just a symptom of the same problem. Mm-hmm. It's this disconnect with ourselves. It's our mindset. It's our relationship with ourselves. And it was 2015 that I had to really reject the whole, like, I thought like, oh, you know, I'll be, I'll work on the mindset piece and my relationship with myself once I lose the weight, right? And once I get to my perfect body and I had to let that go. And it was really hard. And it's, um, I mean, it's still like fast forward now, nine years later, 
I'm still like, it's still a work in progress. It's still things that come up sometimes. It's like, there's no place where we've arrived. Like everything is perfect tonight. Yep, yeah. um, it's an, it's a constant, just like anything else in life, right? We, we don't just go to the gym once and do a couple of, you know, squats and lunges and be like, I'm fit, I'm done. It yep. really is a practice for the rest of our life. And uh, for me, it's been like that. And yeah, it was in 2015 that I just recognized that there was something so big missing from the health and the fitness and the weight loss industry. And so I started writing a program at my gym. Um, I have to cough for a second. Oh, go ahead. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> and um, I might have to do that when I go grab some water a little bit. But I did this program at my gym that really was more intentional about mm-hmm. that gap, the, the mindset piece, um, our thoughts, our beliefs, how we spoke to, about, to ourselves, how we coached ourselves. And that sort of, um, yeah, just kind of created the, you know, those are the planting the seed for what I do now. And it took me until 2020 when COVID happened to really launch and really go out and offer this because um, I was afraid, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. I was afraid of like, I wanted it so badly. I I had this message to share. I wanted to like just share it to to the world. And, um, but there's fear, right? I mean, when you want something badly, then you're like, well, what if I don't really try? Then I don't have to worry about the fear piece. So um, in 2020, when um, COVID happened and our gym shut down, the studio shut down. That's when I took the opportunity to really get out and share. And um, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. Now I have Christmas, we're open again and all that good stuff is happening in a yeah. as well. But I just, um, I just think there's so much missing. And we talk about mindset as in like, you know, mindset's important, but no one really talks about how to change your mindset. And there's yeah. so much to it. So I just, that's what I do. And I love it. And I'm just so blessed. And I think about, you know, the women that I work with or who are listening to my podcast or listening to this and you're struggling. And I'm hoping that you can listen to this and just have hope that there is another way. And just because you've been struggling for the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, which a lot of my clients do, yep. you can still change. And that's yes. like, there's hope. You definitely can. I mean, you're living proof that you can. I am too, because um, even for me years ago, I had to completely change my life. I had to deconstruct my old life and reconstruct a new life. And I tell everyone it started with the number one thing was changing my thoughts, change Mm -hmm. your thoughts, you change your world, change your thoughts, you change your life, change your thoughts, you change your belief, you you change your actions, you change everything. And it all starts with how you speak to yourself, how you speak about others in your mind. Those Mm -hmm. like that nagging voice that we all have. And I always recommend to name it because I do. (laughs) Mine is, mine is wimpy Wendy. And then, okay. uh, yeah, and then the powerful one is Wonder Wendy. Da, da, da. So they're always like battling, if you will, in my head, you know. But my goal is always to have Wonder Wendy be louder than, than little wimpy Wendy. That's like, she is the one that is uh, like the queen of the self-sabotage. Like, we better not do that. What if somebody laughs at you? Oh, my gosh. Like, wah, wah, wah. Time, right? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, your, your mind is either your best friend or mm-hmm. it's your worst enemy, your greatest mm-hmm. cheerleader or your worst critic. And you get to decide, like, that's, what's so cool is like you, you, the listener, you get to decide which one that you have speaking to you every single day. And exactly. I don't know about you. It's like, and like you mentioned earlier about like, you're a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. I thought about this earlier today. I was like, uh, like there's no way to just uh, like surrender to perfection. You're just, it's not going to happen. Like you have to come to the realization that you're imperfectly perfect, just the way that you are. And that you're like, look at life 
your life is school. Like that's how you're learning. You're learning what you like. You're learning what you don't like. You're a human being being human. You're just doing the best that you can, right? So I think it's key to actually allow, give yourself grace, allow yourself to uh, to make mistakes and make retakes and and, and to be able to, to move on into things, knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Yeah. Cause it never will be. Yeah. So, right. Um, two things you said there, which I love, but one is that, that you have the two voices. And I think that's really important because a lot of people re- think that when that voice comes up, that they're doing it wrong, that mm-hmm. something's wrong. It's like, no, right. you're not like those. You can't control the voice that's going to come, but you can, you can choose how you're going to respond to it and what you yeah. listen to. And I think that's so powerful because sometimes we like we have these self-sabotaging thoughts and we and they're like, oh, we're broken. We're do, we did, we're not doing it right. I'm like, no, you're doing it exactly right. Yeah. And one of my clients said, she's like, just because you have the tools in the in the, in the shed doesn't mean you no longer have to use them anymore, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I love that you said about being imperfect and actually was a um when my pastor shared this at a at a service a, a couple of um, months ago, he said, You're an imperfect person with a tremendous purpose. And I love that because we're all imperfect, but we all have purposes. We all have, and whether it's taking care of your family or taking care of yourself or uh, messages to share with the world or whatever it is, we all have that purpose, but we're all imperfect. And that's the beauty, right? Yes. And to celebrate the fact that you have the awareness of it. Like if you actually can get quiet enough and recognize that you have, like you're watching this ticker tape of thoughts going across in your mind and you actually like, oh my God, did I just say that, you know? celebrate the fact that you recognized it and that that it's not good for you that mm-hmm. like that that thought this belief is not good for you and it's interesting um as intelligent creatures that we are and all the inventions <laughs> in life that it's only been like 30 a little over 30 years that they have uh they realized that you can rewire your brain like that is neuroplasticity you can literally rewire you can take that belief of I am not good enough. I'll never be loved. I'll, you know, my body isn't perfect and blah, 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 blah. All those little limiting thoughts that are stuck in your head that circle around all day long and control you can actually be changed. A hundred percent. And the only yeah. thing in my experience that stops that is the belief that it can't. Because yes. then you don't yep. try, right? Then you're like, because yep. and I've worked with people like this and I have some very close yep. to me in my family life who have the story that it's just like, it's in my DNA, it's in my bones, it's in my blood, it's just who I am. And you fight mm-hmm. for that, right? You fight for that story. You fight for that belief because you've always had it. And it's uncomfortable to change and you brains that you have to allow yourself to be wrong. And who wants that? So. I know. Well, plus, it, I mean, self-reflection can be challenging because mm-hmm. you're really, you're really peeling back the layers and you're going, oh my God, like, where did this come from? Why do I think this way? And then in some tough stuff can bubble to the surface. What If you don't mind sharing, what about for you? Did, did you connect your self-sabotage to anything in your life that you had to like rewire, if you will? Yeah, I think a lot of it was just, I mean, a big part was diet culture. And to a mm-hmm. small degree, my upbringing as well. Like my mom was always very, uh, I think when growing up, weight focused, um, but not overly either. Like she never took me to Weight Watchers. She never said anything about me really, like maybe when I was a teenager or something like that. Um, But it wasn't like, and I don't know, like there there wasn't any traumatic, traumatic like incident that happened. I think we just sort of take it on. Society. and, and Yeah. And then it just sort of spirals in that, in that direction. 
But, um, you know, to share, talking about the thoughts and the experience, like I've shared very openly, um, I had breast explant surgery about um, now five weeks ago, six weeks ago. So it's pretty new. And so I had breast implants for eight, 12 years. And I decided that last year, I'm like, I'm done. I'm getting them out. And I am like ultra flat. Like I'm an AA, A, A maybe. Like if there's like four A's, I'm probably yet. And I've shared on my podcast too, like, so that was always like a, th- a thing, right? Like I thought that um, I wasn't feminine enough. I wasn't, um, you mm. know, or I didn't feel mm. feminine because I had like a really flat chest. And that's all because, I mean, I, and, and to be to be fair, when I got my breast implants, um, I actually did appreciate my body too then. Like I actually mm. was, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like I still love my body and I kind of want to have breasts, which is fair enough. Um, but now I look at my body and I'm like, my breasts are super flat, but they're mine. Right. And yeah. that's who I am. And I can choose to believe that I should look a certain way. Like I still, sometimes, you know, you, when you look at the movies or whatever, you see a woman topless with like this perfect breast and perky nipples and stuff. Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, and then I'm like, okay, I don't look like that. And you kind of temporarily feel like you might be wrong or broken, but that's just because you have a belief system or you have a thought that I should look like that. And when I choose to believe that I am like perfectly made with my, yep. you know, triple A breasts and my mm-hmm. like, then I can enjoy my body fully. Yeah. And it's so much of it's just our perspective. And when I say that, I don't mean, you know, I, I do work with women with weight loss. Mm-hmm. And once they start arguing with me, like weight loss is really the natural consequence of like you changing what's happening in your beliefs and your thoughts and um, yeah, taking care of your body. And it, I'm not saying you know, just be complacent and be yep. like, well, I'm just gonna love myself. Like you can love yourself who you are and you can also mm-hmm. choose to take care of yourself. When you do that from that loving space, right. yep. the weight loss can become more, um, more sustainable, a little bit easier. Sometimes we're not fighting so hard because I do think that it's still like, you know, you can love yourself and want to lose weight. It's not one or the other. Yep. I find too, that when you, when you find your why you find your way, and like, you have to have a good solid reason, I think on anything that you're doing in life, like to put yourself out on social media or to start your own <laughs> podcast, right. Or to lose weight or to, to get out of a marriage or get a new job. Like you, your, your why has to be solid enough to motivate you because otherwise, if you're just doing it so that you want to like look really cute in your bikini then, then it's a little bit more challenging. Like, yes, that could be a why, but why do you really want to look good in your bikini? Totally. Yeah. And there's two parts there. So one is, um, we often start when we are getting away from something negative, like most people do, um, Mm -hmm. especially from the weight loss perspective. Um, they don't just go to like, Oh, I want to like, you know, (laughs) yes, they want to feel better, but they want to get away from a pain point. Um, yeah. often, you know, when we start businesses and stuff like that too, sometimes it's to get away from my, like my current job and, or whatever, but sometimes it's also because you have a, a message to share and you want to grow. Um, but what happens with the why is that when we only focus on what we don't want and not what we do want, then we sometimes only do enough to get away from like the hard pain point. Yeah. That's why it's so important to like really you know, start talking about it. And also to remind mm-hmm. yourself about it often, because sometimes we don't even remember our why, right? Like we, we, have oh yeah, for sure. But that, but how often are you connecting with your goals? How often are you reminding yourself like what the what life you want? And and because we're losing weight, even if you have the right mindset. So yeah, it's hard sometimes. Like yep. Um, but that constant 
you're right, touching a base. And then with the why too, um, you know, sometimes yeah. women struggle with their why because it, it's not life-changing. But one thing I say to you, like you can just, your why could be why settle for fine when amazing's on the table. Like mm-hmm. that could be your why. It doesn't have to be like, I'm in this, like I have, can't get up and down off the floor. I have like, like my knees and my joints are achy. That could be it. Right. Yep. But it could also be because I want to feel really good and I want to just like see how good I can feel. And that yep. could be a why as, as long as you keep like reminding yourself of that uh, daily, which is just, yeah, so awesome. That's interesting that you said that. It, um, it's like when you have that pain point, but then you'll chase that pleasure point thinking that that's going to solve it for you. But then when you arrive at that, kind of like with you, you arrive at that pleasure point, but then you realize, oh, that pain was still, it's still there. And -hmm. until you solve that, like, it doesn't matter how good you look in that bikini, you're still going to, you won't be happy with you. You won't love yourself. And it made me think of that because I, when I started off on my RV journey a couple of years ago, you know, by myself and driving across the country. And I'd say the number one thing, there's so many valuable lessons I took out of that whole experience. But the number one was that no matter where you go, your problems will come with you. Where we go, there you are. Yeah, I know. And it's like, here I am even in Portugal. And like, I'm, I've been experiencing something recently, like with my family. And I'm like, yeah, like, as I look out at the gorgeous ocean and the sunset and the palm trees, I'm like, yep, this shit is still here in me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. It doesn't matter how, how good you look. And you, if you're carrying that pain in you, it's not going to matter to you. Like you've got to work on that. That is number one. Exactly. And there are two, uh, like often we think like, I was actually on a call yesterday with a, a new, a new client and she talked about wanting to like to release herself. She's 67 now and has been struggling with food and weight for, for decades mm-hmm. and always like tied to step on the scale, always like, you know, and she believes like, she's like, I want to lose weight and I want to feel, um, you know, confident and, and not mm-hmm. think about food and my weight all anymore. And I asked her like, well, which one is more important to you? And in her mind, they're both the same because we mm-hmm. think that, oh, I'm going to lose weight. Therefore I'm going to be confident. I'm not going to think about the scale anymore. And you know what happens when you lose the weight? If you don't work on the other part, you get there and then you just are, you're afraid. You're afraid. Now you're like, oh, I'm afraid of waking. I'm afraid of like, you know, screwing up. Otherwise I'll go back. Like it's just, yep. it doesn't end. And they're two separate things. Just like loving, like loving your body. You can love your body now. Um, mm-hmm. And you can love your body when you lose weight and hopefully you do both. But don't expect yes. that just because you lose weight, all of the mindset pieces are going to take care of themselves because they, they don't. And that's a big exactly. reason why we often like go back and forth. Do you, do you find that some of your clients will, once they kind of pick that apart and they realize where this resides from, and they really start to love themselves, that the weight just naturally starts to fall off? Slowly, um, still slowly yeah. for a lot of, for a mm-hmm. lot of my clients, to be honest. Um, especially in midlife too, I would they, think. It's harder. Yeah. Like, and a lot of women have thyroid issues. They, they have mm-hmm. things that go on, but the cool thing is they don't care anymore. They really don't. Yeah. Like I have a client, um, she's been working with me for a while. I guess she's gone through a lot, right? And she's lost 30 pounds and oh. she's like, like I'm on my way to my happy, healthy weight, whatever that is. And it's like, it it's irrelevant because her experience in life right now is just so good. But to your point about the mindset piece, one thing that we don't, we, we often, you know, have heard that stress is not helpful for 
weight loss and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of people who just like stop eating when they're stressed out and they just lose weight. But like for the vast majority of if you have weight issues, you're probably going to be the one that wants that back on pounds when you're stressed. Yep. One of the biggest, biggest stresses that we have in our lives is our own self-talk. It's our yep. own putting ourselves down. And we don't yeah. even think about that, but we're always like a little bit on edge because we're not comfortable with ourselves. So, and from a physical, like for, 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 from a sustainability perspective, it's important that we do speak, you know, change the way we speak to ourselves, but also from a physical body science perspective. Um, yeah, like you always have this sort of low grade cortisol level. That's just like up, elevated a little bit because you're on edge with yourself. You don't feel good yeah. with yourself and that can really change. Hey everyone, Karen McMahon here, host of the number one high conflict divorce podcast, Journey Beyond Divorce. Each week we share expert advice on everything from negotiating custody to finding hidden money to regulating your emotions. Do you know that leaving a high conflict marriage is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever take? We bring you the legal, financial, and emotional resources to divorce successfully while becoming healthier, more resilient, and excited about your future. So tune in to Journey Beyond Divorce each week for wisdom, guidance, and encouragement. You'll find us on your favorite podcast platform. Everything is energy. Energy is everything, like including Mm -hmm. your thoughts, including your emotions. I always think of emotions as emotion, energy in motion, and Mm -hmm. letting that flow through you. Because if you allow that to get stuck, that's sometimes how we will hang on to weight. We hang on to pain. We hang on to a lot of things without really knowing it. It's kind of like a subconscious thing that we've might've picked up like this, this habit of like pushing stuff down and not really facing it. But yeah, I feel like once you really bring that stuff to the surface, it'll open up a whole new life for you. Mm-hmm. And it's it is hard in the beginning, I think. I mean, I, I for me, I felt like I was like, oh my gosh, why am I talking this way to, to myself? Mm-hmm. Like, where why? Why am I doing this? This is awful. Like, would my best friend talk to me this way? Like, she wouldn't be my best friend anymore, that's for sure. No, you know, but yeah. that I feel like is so key. Um, there it was is. something that I saw on your website I wanted to read that I really liked. Um, and you'd said, I want to give you more than just a number on the scale. I want to give you boundless energy, unshakable confidence, and the freedom to pursue your dreams without fear or self-doubt holding you back. I want you to know how good you can feel in your body. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, I actually... I have a client who she's been working with me for a couple of years now and she's from England. And we actually, she came down to Canada last summer to, and just do this amazing trip. She like, I'm like, yeah. I was really proud of her how she planned it. And we met in person, which was awesome. And she's like, I would have never done this trip if we had been working together. And that's mm. the cool thing is it's not just about, like, it really isn't about the number on the scale, although it, like, that's part of it too. I'm not going to undermine, like, say, like, it doesn't matter what you weigh because it, it might matter to you and it, it might matter, which is fine. You can absolutely right. want to lose weight and have weight loss goals, but um, life can really be different. And yes. Oh, yeah. It, in an amazing way. And yeah, I want that for people because we're just stuck. We're stuck in this prison. We're stuck in this cycle, the self-sabotage cycle, the doubts, the the negative self-talk. And mm-hmm. often, like you said, we don't have, like, it feels like a mountain to climb because you don't know what's, 
how to take the first step. And it feels right. like, I mean, can feel quite overwhelming. Um, and then you also have all like, not only that, but then you have all the, the doubts of like, here we go again. I'm going to fail again. I've done so many times. Right? Yeah. I was thinking that earlier um, about, you know, you'll lose weight, um, you gain it back, you lose, but then when you gain it back, then it's, there's that shame and that guilt. I can't believe you did it again. And there goes that negative self-talk again, exactly. which it just puts you further and further down the I hole. I know. Yeah. And yeah. how do you, how do you act when you talk like, like that? You usually do right. two things. One is you punish yourself by like overeating, yep. um, over like, because like, well, let's make this epic. Let's like really like feel how bad it feels to feel like this. Um, or you like go into this punishment of like restriction and just like, yes. you know, because you're not enough because you've, so it's, it's, you know, so often when you like the actions are the same, whether it's, you know, yeah. you might weigh yourself, you might track your calories, you might go to the gym or whatever, but the intention behind it is what's different. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, um, I, I mean, anything we do in life, it's like, doing things because we we have to and out of fear or because we get to, because we want to take care of ourselves. And that can really change your experience and in all yeah. the things you do. So let's talk about um, the three layers. of Yes. Like, we might have, I know. I was like, oh, I can't forget. Um, yeah. yeah. Why we self-sabotage and how to break the frustrating cycle. We might have already. Um, we talked a lot about it already. And yeah. the way I break it down is there's sort of three buckets um, or three mm-hmm. layers. And the first one, I think it's, we sometimes um, sometimes under, don't look at it enough perhaps. And that is what we're actually doing. And I'm talking about more about weight loss here. Um, you know, so often we can't stick with the plan because the plan is not the right one for us. Now, mm-hmm. for example, like let's like extreme example is the cabbage soup diet. Yeah. Oh, I didn't stick with it. Like, obviously because your body's hungry, you have to work with your physiology. Um, you can't fight your physiology. You have to learn to nourish your body, to take care of your body in the way, because otherwise you are going to go into that starvation mode. You are going to have like your cortisol levels are going to go up. Your thyroid levels are going to go down. Um, you're going to have cravings like and urges. And then you're like, oh, I'm weak. I'm broken. I can't stick with them. Like, no, the plan was not right for you. Like, that's it. Yes. And yep. so that's why it's so important that you do that. And, and to that too, like, um, you know, one thing I say a lot to my clients, is you have to make, make your goals match the reality of your life. And then over time, you can alter mm. the reality of your life to make more room for your goals. But if you're working, you know, 10 hours a day, you have four kids, you, and then you wonder why you can't stick with this plan that requires like all this meal prep and, you know, workouts and stuff. I'm like, because it doesn't fit with your it's lifestyle. It's not for you. Yeah. It's not for you. And that's the, you have to, this is why, I mean, we're given brains for a reason to become better <laughs> thinkers will, to yeah. ask those questions. <laughs> and it's so frustrating because we have this idea that, you know, we have to be perfect on this plan and you have, I, I always say this challenge actually at my studio. Um, it was a 28 day challenge and you had to eat like, it was like very, very like rule oriented, right? Like, yeah. Um, you had to eat absolutely like this amount every four hours, nothing in between. I'm like, and then people were doing shift, doing shift work. And I'm like, <laughs> but what? like you have to make it work for you. And then the next layer, we talked a lot about our thoughts and that's a big part because you will never like, no one will ever coach yourself more than you will coach yourself. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no one will coach you more than you will coach yourself. So yes. if you are, you can talk yourself into things, you can talk yourself out of things, you can decide, oh, I'm going to be like, I'm going to only have like, I'm going to have a joy food or a treat food or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. uh, once a week. And then there's M&Ms on the counter. And then you're like, well, you know, it's just a little bit, it's just a couple of M&Ms. I was good today. This little thing won't matter. Like you can have that conversation with yourself 
And if right. you do, they'll probably go eat the M&Ms. Yeah. But if you have a different conversation with yourself, it's like, yep, yeah, I can have that, but not right now. Or no, I'm choosing right now just not to, have, whatever you're going to say to yourself, that really matters. And yes. a lot of times we don't, we're not even aware of our thoughts. Like we're not, and not that you have to like, we're so busy. Yeah. I think thought, you have what 70,000 thoughts in a day that would be pretty lots. challenging to pay attention to every single one. But I feel like the really nasty ones are the ones that are really loud and that really stand out. Yeah, they, they can for yeah. sure. And, and sometimes like they become like, they're kind of sneaky too, because they yeah. almost sound like they're trying to make you like, they're trying to be on your own side. Yeah. It's like, and, and the, the crazy thing is, this is why it's so helpful just to like start writing these kind of things down or talking about with someone else because in the moment, and I think we've all experienced it, it feels so real. It feels so mm-hmm. true. Like you'll tell yourself that, you know what, tomorrow, um, you know, it's a brand new day, a blank slate. I'm going to be perfect. Just for example. Yep. If you hear that, if you hear me say that, or if you write that down, you're like, well, that's bullshit. Like it's, that's not happening, right? But in your mind, it feels... Yeah true. You believe it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so sneaky. So have, like we talked a lot about our mindset and our thoughts right now and how we talk to ourselves. That is so important because Mm -hmm. you have to have the resiliency. You need to be able to coach yourself because even though like I have my coaching calls with my clients, that's, you know, a small fraction. Yeah, exactly. It's just a little, yep, exactly. You end up becoming your own cheerleader, your own coach. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. They and often kind of, do hear mm-hmm. me in their heads all the time too. So it's just kind of like, I heard Tanya in my head and this is what she said, but it's really cool. And then the, 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 and then the underneath one, the deeper layer, and this kind of goes to your thoughts as well, but mm-hmm. we have these deeper beliefs um, yeah. and they're harder to get to. They are, they, they kind of come from the bottom because they sort of, they affect how you think they affect also with your actions, but they're kind of under the surface and they can take a bit more time to get out of them. And when it comes to weight loss, a lot of women have them. And it could be things like, um, just trying to think of a couple examples here. I had one client who was, when she was 16, she was sexually abused. Like, mm-hmm. um, And so that's actually, honestly, a pretty common one. And then so mm-hmm. the weight is a protection. Yep. Or keeping you, you safe. That, yeah, it keeps you safe. Mm-hmm. Or you think that if you lose the weight, you're going to have all this unwanted attention and you're not going to be able to say no. And then you realize, well, I can say no, no matter what. Um, sometimes this affects us in, in all areas of our life. Like one of my patterns that I was, um, working through, this is not related to weight loss was with my husband. Mm. Um, I would, you know, be joyful and happy and, you know, working at, at doing my work. But then with him, I would kind of portray that I like that things were just so hard yeah. and like that. And, and my belief system that I had is that, First of all, like I wasn't giving myself permission to experience how good things could get because of fear that it wouldn't last. Mm. And then the other part was thinking that if I, um, you know, if things are good, then I won't be validated for working hard. And my worth was like kind of tied up with mm-hmm. how hard I worked and how like yeah. hard life was. Yeah. So we have things like that. Um, sometimes it's fear because you failed so many times and you don't really yep. want to try because, well, what if it happens again? Um, Sometimes I used to, I used to do the same thing. I did the same yeah. thing. Like I would, I would almost like not shine my light so much. I wanted to be like, Oh God, I'm just working so hard 
And oh my gosh, like this is stressful. And because I wanted to be saved, I wanted someone to take care of me and I could never get anyone to take care of me because if I go back to my childhood, I was abandoned during my childhood and no one was there to take care of me. So then I, I, yeah, it was like, you connect the dots, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, that's, and it's funny. I was talking to, I think a guest yesterday, like we were discussing, is it important to realize where this stems from? I used to think that it it wasn't important, but I feel like in order for it to make sense and to click in that crazy mind of ours, you know, in order for it to click and go to make that connection, then yes, it's, I feel, I mean, it was for me. I felt like, like once I realized it, I was like, okay, so I didn't just make this crap up. There was some reason why I kept doing this and behaving this way. Now I can let go of that. Cause now that I know it's just BS, like, no, mm-hmm. that is not true about me. Like, yeah. no, I don't have to act that way to get someone to love me. Exactly. I think, yeah. yeah. And I find, um, you know, some, so there's, I think it could be helpful to know, but I, I, yeah. I personally don't think it's a requirement. Critical. It's not critical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels very like, sometimes it's just like, yeah. you saw something on TV once or like, it just, you, or you just start believing something because of, you know, yeah. what, what we're fed um, through mm-hmm. all of the channels that we're, we get messages from. Um, but I just, some people do spend too long, I say also trying to figure yeah. out the why. And then yep. like, they go down, I'm like, you can also just like decide you're no longer tolerating take that and build mm-hmm. the awareness and take action. Yep. But usually, uh, I think in some degree, there is a little bit of awareness of like, oh, like this came up. Or, you know, when I was in boarding school, like, you know, this was mm-hmm. how love was shown to me or like these things can come up. And I yeah. think it's not necessary. You don't have to. And nor do you have to even go back and like relive all your past traumas and solve everything in order right. to um, change, you know, sometimes we're afraid to do the work because we don't want to bring things up. And I think that that's also okay. Um, you can still mm-hmm. be aware of the pattern and decide that like, that's just a pattern. That's just something I'm yep. thinking right now and choose something different without having to like dig up things that you might not be ready to dig up yet. Yes, I totally agree. Like you can still make that choice to take better care of yourself, to be happy, exactly. to be healthy without. And sometimes it'll just hit you one day. Like, oh, that's why I did that. Yeah, God. exactly. And sometimes exactly. when you have like, it's like the dichotomy of life. You wouldn't know fear if you didn't know um, love, right? You wouldn't know black if you didn't know white. So sometimes when you start to see the other side of things and you do start to feel better about yourself, then you realize that old you that was, you know, in pain and that was hurting. You're like, oh, that's why she was hurting so bad. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so question for you with the courses, programs that you have and tell me about like the, the functional medicine piece of it, which I used to own a a functional medicine practice. So I'm familiar with it, but uh, make sure you tell everyone. I know that term kind of gets thrown around nowadays and some people are like, what's Spanish functional medicine? So yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So I do have like my main signature offer program is a 12 week program where I, I guide women through um, step-by-step process to really end the struggle with food and the weight. And it does combine the body science piece, like what we're doing physically, and also a lot of the psychology piece and yeah. our, and overcoming our beliefs and everything. And I used to incorporate more of the labs and the uh, like the functional health side of things into that. But then I realized that for most of the women, my women, 
they really need to work on the mindset and the foundational habits first before we even like bothered looking at what's happening under the surface with hormones and stuff, because I would have given them the same advice anyway. And um, I find that the women who have been working with me and gone through like a lot of the mindset pieces, learn how to be consistent, learn how to get on their own side. Then when we do the functional side of things and we look at you know what's happening with the body, looking at hormones and immune function, digestion, detoxification, energy systems, um, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. and we create a protocol based on, on what we see, then it becomes a lot easier to do the protocol because you've already learned how to be consistent and you learned how to yep. take care of yourself, which works really, really well. So the functional health space is when we actually look at, so just, instead of just guessing and thinking what's happening, we actually do some um, functional labs to look to assess what's actually happening in the body and then creating a process or a protocol afterwards that meets your goals that meets like kind of where you're at from a lifestyle perspective um, to get really coach your body back up to balance and resiliency. So to yeah. not looking at just like, oh, we like putting band-aid solutions on, you know, for example, like thyroid function um, yes. is not the root cause of, you know, it's not, that's not the root cause. It's like, well, why is your thyroid dysfunctional? Why are you not producing enough right. thyroid hormones? And then looking at that, a lot of it comes down to, honestly, a lot of it comes down to stress. Like a big part of it comes down to that. What do you mean? Like <laughs> I know. And that's never, listening. That's... And there's our thoughts, right? Yeah. And there's our like, yeah. I'm not taking care of myself or I have all this, I'm on this like shame spiral. Like that's stressful on our body. So um I think I love all I love the labs. I love the functional side of things. Um, but it's just so much to take on until we really yeah. start to heal some of the other things. Yeah. What I love about it, um, two things is that it's more of a holistic healthcare, right? You're not just looking at one thing. You're looking at the whole picture. And the second thing is that it's customized. It's not like you were talking about earlier. It's like some of these diets that are out there, like the cabbage soup and all that others, like enough with like the cookie cutter diets. Like just like, and I feel, I, I feel, I hope they're on their way out that people are starting to wake up and go, wait a second, that stuff is silly. Like I'm tired of the roller coaster ride. Like I want to take care of this once and for all, so I can just go on and live my life. I mean, you think about exactly. how much trying to lose weight consumes your mind and your body and your spirit. And it's like, you're wasting mm-hmm. time. Like take care of yourself, take care of it in the right way. And then you can move on. Exactly. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So where can we find you? <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> if you listen to podcasts, which you probably do, and the best is actually, um, I would love for you to check out my podcast called the Fit and Vibrant You podcast. I started in 2015. It's been a, it's a journey. And then yep. everywhere I'm Tanya Shaw. So my website is tanyashaw.com. Instagram, I'm Tanya underscore Shaw. And then Facebook, I think I'm forward slash Tanya Shaw too, with a J, T-A-N-J-A. Yeah. And I think I said Tanya. So it's Tanya. Well, it depends on your accent more than anything else. Honestly, <laughs> like if, um, however you pronounce I say Tanya, some people say Tanya, some people say like Tanya. It, it all depends. Either on, way, you're like, you'll on, your accent, like, on your accent, on your, how so you T-A-N-J-A. Speak, so. T-A-N-J-A, yeah, T-A-N-J-A. And I'll definitely leave all that, all the links in the show notes. So any, any final words for the listener out there that's uh, struggling with self-sabotage? I just really invite you to uh, realize that there's hope. I think that's a big part because without hope, like I say, hope is um, a wonderful feeling, not a great strategy. So you need more than hope, but without hope, we often don't even take that next step. Mm -hmm. Uh, We think they were not worth it. We think, you know, why bother? Why try again? And 
a lot of my clients, actually, I work with women like kind of said midlife and beyond, but most of my clients are still in probably their 50s, 60s and into their 70s. And I am having their early 80s too. Um, just because you've been struggling for so many years doesn't mean that you have to keep struggling. Your past is not going to be your future unless you let it. Um, you can rewrite a new story. You are not the character in your story. You are a storyteller. You are the author. Yeah. And um, you can absolutely, absolutely create change. Mm, those are some good final words. Yeah, thank you. I think I might need to make your closing words the opening of the, <laughs> of the episode. So I'll have to remember that. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Thank you so much, Wendy. I so appreciate having our time together. And happy Valentine's Day. Ah, thank you. Same to you. <laughs> thank you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know.